0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: new faces new keeper new zealand the land of the long white cloud has a silverwood lining as england and a new management take on the well-oiled kiwi machine in their own backyard white ball or red the black cats will take some beating flat white and semi-ironic beige merchandise at the ready this is the gorilla cricket podcast new zealand versus england preview special Come at- Welcome to Gorilla Cricket Podcast, the weekly and sometimes more than weekly podcast from the world's leading independent cricket commentary provider, Gorilla Cricket. We're recording on the afternoon of Monday the 28th of October 2019, just a few days before England's men's 5T20I and two-test tour of New Zealand begins in earnest. By a delightful confluence of events, today is the 184th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence in New Zealand and the establishment of the United Tribes, an, aus- an auspicious day indeed for hot blackcap chat action. I'm your host, Knuckle Pandey, and this week I once again have a friend on the phone, but I've also got a friend in the room. In the studio with me is Tony Bishop. How are you doing, Tony?
0: I'm doing well, Knuckle. Doing very well indeed. Looking forward to this. Yes, indeed.
1: And uh, one of the major reasons i looking forward to this is because live via Skype is friend of the show, Stroopwaffle enthusiast, and, oh yes, former New Zealand fast bowler, Ian O'Brien, Kiarobi.
2: Got it, guys. Got it. Kater here, Koi.
1: Delighted to have you. Good, good, good.
2: how are you. Yeah,
1: Fantastic. Yeah, we're good, mate. How are you?
2: yeah uh take take. <laughs>
1: <laughs> take care take care head waggle, head waggle head waggle uh yeah we uh, uh, England uh, our one warm up game down one warm up game uh, to go trying to find those t20 combinations, plenty of new faces uh, in the England team, a couple of new faces in the New Zealand team at least for uh, for english and since we 've got a lot to uh, uh, to pack in, but yeah just to set the scene England uh starting the chris Silverwood era uh starting uh the sort what it feels a little bit like um sort of clearing the hangover after the world cup that was a it was an interesting ashes series but a very odd one and new zealand kind of similarly in that um uh, but i think new zealand would probably I don't know, come straight to you iob new zealand seems to sort of manage the emotional transition quite a bit better than england have
2: I didn't I think New Zealand will not having to go straight into an Ashes series uh, I think is a is a bit of a big plus uh, for the New Zealand guys I think the the high and low of making and then it's classic. My kids, who are seven and eight, uh, they still go, "Daddy, how did how did England win the World Cup when when they didn't score more than New Zealand?" So they they, they still crack me up and and question the World Cup um, victory in how England won it. But I, but I think it was tougher England going into the that Ashes. New Zealand had a little bit of time out of the game to, to regroup, and I think that's a little bit of the reason why England weren't at their best in the Ashes. Um, so it's been it's been yeah it's a good break for New Zealand and this starts starts the summer pretty good over there.
1: Yeah, New Zealand have been in cricketing action. Played a series in Sri Lanka. Uh, drew a really mm-hmm. interesting Test series. Actually, won all. Uh, some good performances on both sides. Managed to draw that series without really Kane Williamson and uh, will again be without Kane Williamson for the T Twenty international leg, uh, recovering from an from an injury that uh, that he sustained. Uh, Tim Southey, uh, T Twenty I captain, did captain a little bit in uh, in Sri Lanka. Ian, you sort of know or play with tim southey right at the start of his career um i don't know how much you, how much you know about him as a as a as a personality rather than just as the bowler we all see on screen hooping it round corners but i don't know tim southey tim southey as captain strikes me as an interesting one
2: uh he's been in the vice captaincy role for for uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna say a few years without looking it up um he's been in and around captaincy he had captain the t20 team before um if you go back to to, to when I was spending uh, a bit of time around Southie, it probably wasn't something that he would have, or a lot of other people uh, would see him moving into into a, a leadership and captaincy role. Uh, he does have that ability to, um, and I wish I had this ability to just kind of not let you, lack of a better word, just you, you just play play dumb. You can you can play with a short memory, and and things don't uh, things don't appear to to hurt your performances. Um, that's not quite the playing dumb is not quite what I mean, but the 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 effect that he has is pretty. I'm not going to say carefree, but he knows it's a game and he loves it. Um, and I think he's a it's a it's a good uh, it's a good progression for him, and he has matured a, a truckload.
0: Is it? It's kind of a statement of. Um belief i suppose or faith in a player isn't it because i mean england for the t20s have a similar situation where where young sam billings from uh, kent has uh, been given the opportunity to vice captain uh, under owen morgan i mean that's not only saying we believe you we leave you we want you in the setup but we see you as being a, a leader on the field it's kind of putting a marker down for belief in what what they hope he'll achieve in the future in a way isn't it and players who didn't feature in the world cup for different reasons southey was in the squad but didn't play a single game
1: billings probably would have been in the squad but for a but for an injury but it's uh you know as you say a, a, a show of faith and one of the other reasons i want to pick it out is i don't know if that necessarily you would look at that team on paper and say that tim southey is uh a guaranteed starter in 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 t20 in white ball cricket for new zealand
2: yeah, well, white ball. Um, well, the fifty over stuff, I think it, it, it's a little bit different, he, and he couldn't get in front of uh, the the guys that were going because the the quicks for New Zealand, the bowling attack for New Zealand during the World Cup was was ridiculous. I thought they were phenomenal, um, uh, and they didn't give Saudi a, a chance to get a game, which is gee whiz that, that that's pretty big. Um, they didn't even. I thought look, I thought I thought they should have got Saudi in for a couple of games um, towards the end of it. I, there's a couple of bits and pieces floating around where I um, discussed um, uh, squad rotation uh, in terms of getting more guys games uh, because at the at the tight end of the tournament there was you, you wanted to be able to pick from eleven or twelve you wanted to pick from your from your squad so uh, I would have loved to have seen Saudi play oh, play in the the World Cup um, there was two or three games to go and he certainly could have played um, been involved in, in one or two of those um, but. Look, he's doing all right. He's a bowler who's going to captain, and he does. He does have a decent uh, record in T Twenty cricket, and he has done. Uh, he's been he's been all over the world with it as well. So it's he, he's been around some some sharp people, and and I think because he is close and good friends, and and they grew up together with uh, Kane Williamson. There is a there is there will be an element of. Um, osmosis if you like um knowledge and, and ideas and team ethoses and, and and how they and how they uh, work the team and get the best out of their players so i like I, I don't mind it it is a it is an interesting one in terms of you wouldn't pick him from the outside looking in um i but i don't mind um don't mind looking at it i don't think he's a long term option but um and that's where i guess billings becomes he looks. Uh, That's a bit more of a a nod to the future, whereas I don't necessarily see Southey as as captain or vice captain a a nod to the future if if you follow that uh, line.
1: I mean, there's a kind of on that, there's a lot of players in this New Zealand team who have been together for a very long time. They haven't announced the test squad yet, but but the T20I squad. Yeah, to and Munro at the top of the order have been together for a long time. Ross Taylor seems basically immortal. Uh, the the bowling attack, you know, Bolt is it? Bolt. It will be in for the, the second and, sorry, the fourth and fifth T20. Lucky Ferguson was a big part of that World Cup squad. Santner and Sodhi have been together for a very uh, for a very long term. So that, and in the test team as well, you throw in BJ Watling, you throw in the openers, uh, Ravel and Latham. Uh so New Zealand seem in a pretty good place, and just kind of the continuity as you were talking about between the ideas of Southie and uh, and the ideas of Williamson, Gary Stead taking over from Mike Hesson, very much in the same kind of very methodical, very one percenter uh, image. England are in a bit more of a of a transitional period, Tony, in both uh, in both the T Twenty and the Test squads.
0: Well, yes, I think that's right. Um, but I think what's exciting me actually massively about this series is it's all geared up towards experimentation. I mean, to a certain extent, uh, if you look at Banton, Brown, Lewis, Gregory, Saqib, Mood and Parkinson, of course, are in both squads. Um, You've got, uh, and obviously Sibley for the tests. These are all players who you want to see how they get on. And frankly, if you're going to put them up against uh, Trent Bolt, Tim Southey Lockie Ferguson <laughs> that's a heck of an attack. you know if you really want to know under test match conditions how well is Dom Sibley going to go despite his fantastic record in the county championship, what an attack to test it against so um and uh, you know the same I think is true of you know Crawley as well. I think you you've got a, almost a degree of freedom from pressure to be able to try new things, and I know that uh, Ed Smith has talked a lot about squad rotation. And I think he feels that uh, cricket should learn the lessons of football and rugby and do more of that. And I think this series is absolutely geared up for that. The other thing, of course, is is to sort of take that thought a bit, thinking as well about the test series. It has this kind of status of not towards the World Test Championship in terms of points, Um which to me Can you tell is, me it, is? Well, yeah, sorry, so. Can you Tell me why that is? Well, yeah, that's a good question.
1: Well, the logic I'm... that we've heard is that it was a pre-existing series so came out before the World Test Championship yeah. but that logic doesn't make any sense because these future tours programs are planned years in advance you know everyone knew this ashes series for example was going to be was going to be scheduled um a long time i can only assume you know new zealand just get forgotten about is the only
0: i don't think the numbers added up they looked at who played who how many times based on the future tours program and they had one series too many <laughs> it's probably as simple as that but you have to ask yourself um if you know what the fuck has the last 142 years been about? So to me, it's two test matches. It's two test matches where England absolutely cast iron, will try some exciting new talent um, that it needs to do. Uh, and it's going to be t- doing it against a world-class opposition on their home patch. I mean, that's going to be a fantastic learning curve for the players involved. And it's going to be, I think, quite a spectacle for for. For viewers as well, so so overall, I'm excited, and the test points are are neither here nor there to me.
2: Just picking up on what you said a little bit before, uh, Tony. You said um, it was like a no lose situation. I think you were. were, I wasn't quite. Can't quite remember the phrasing you said (laughs) in terms of the England players going into this series. I I, I don't. Maybe that's why these test matches against New Zealand don't matter because New Zealand is that forgotten country, that forgotten test now a a test force again. But I think these uh, younger, uh, less experienced uh, England guys coming in, I think they've got one of the best bowling attacks in in the world up against. So I don't think it is a a no-lose sort of scenario. I was thinking
0: more for the administration. Yeah, I was thinking more for the administration. At at an individual level, Ian, you're 100% right. I mean, if you're Sibley and you're up against, a, as you've rightly said, an absolutely world-class attack, that's going to be a pretty big examination first up. That's not a gentle introduction. That's, that's, no, going, and that's one, a big deal.
1: on one, one one-on-one battle I'm quite looking forward to. Rory Burns was peppered by the short ball throughout yeah. the series. New Zealand have probably the best bouncer bowler in the world in Neil Wagner.
0: Yeah, they do. I mean, and you've got other players who have got points to prove. I mean, let's just move away. Let's look at some of the established players from an England perspective. Uh, I think Jack Leach, who I don't think he's yet really torn up trees for England. I mean, admittedly, his bat and his uh, spectacle cloth have have become superstars. He was brilliant in Sri Lanka. He was, he was. But um, you've got young Parkinson who who tosses it up, gives it plenty of air, gives it a massive tweak. Um, Leach is not the only game in town and he's got a potential successor... Either bowling with him or or or, or 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 instead of him, at least for at least one or two games in this series, and I, and I wouldn't be yeah, on, I'd be expected to yeah, on, I would expect to see that
2: on those two. I think this is the 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 the, the problem with, that Australia have had replacing Warren, and, and England are now having trying to replace Swan. Is that you've got Swan could be both defensive and attacking, mm-hmm. and I think Sibley. Uh, sorry, and I think um, Leach is only one of those and the other name who you just said, which has just slipped my head. Matt Matt, Parkinson. um, Young Leggy. He sounds like a bit more of an an attacking bowler. So it's a real which way do you go with? Do you go with the the seamers who can attack and you play a slightly more defensive spinner? Or do you go with, do you then play the the more aggressive uh, spinner that could go for more and and then you play a slightly reserved uh, fast bowling attack? So it's a... Strange little will mix um those two bowlers because they're not the same. They're very, very different. Well
0: well they are, and certainly I mean, if you look at Leach, um of course is uh, left arm orthodox, and then you've got a, a a classic leg break bowler in terms of Parkinson. They're both moving it kind of into the right hander, aren't they? Or but away from the right hander. Or, or away from him. the right hander if you're you know, outside his off stump. Um but I'm not sure you would say he's non-economical. I mean, in the blast, he took I think Parkinson twelve. Uh, what is it? Economy rate of seven point four nine. Twenty-one wickets at about yeah, just under yeah. under fifteen. That's and his, pretty
1: good. His, and his championship numbers are solid as well. You know, he's got a pretty good okay. ba- base are we, are action.
2: Seventeen wickets. To, yeah,
0: to, uh, under I, under twenty.
2: Okay. Are we putting? Are we putting Leach? and parkinson in the t20 team or are we talking about tests well, i think Le- 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 very different leach
1: pieces. has never really had good. a look in for england in the white ball no. in the white ball stuff um yeah. Arla rashid so, is england's is england's key so, white ball spinner and matt parkinson i don't think he'll play every game
2: so for me quoting t20 stats for parkinson is a, especially <laughs> cuz leg spinners uh, back of the hand bowlers do have Typically, pretty economical stats in uh, in T20s. I don't Mm. think comparing them as Test match players, uh, we can do that because so using using T20 stats to say he's not economical, I don't think quite. No, no, I I, don't.
1: I don't think you pick a leg spinner to be economical. I think you're. uh, I I think that's completely barking up the wrong tree in general. I think uh, Matt Matt Parkinson. So so
2: then that then dictates the fast bowlers that England can play if you're going to play a slightly looser bowler. That's maybe gonna take you a few more wickets, you then have to pick a slightly conservative other side of the attack. Yeah, and, and England so haven't,
1: England haven't you go? Sorry, England haven't liked to do that. You know, other Rashid has taken a lot of wickets for England in test cricket, but basically he seems to be persona non grata because he's, you know, perceived to be more more that way inclined, more, more risk rather than uh, sorry, more reward rather than risk more sort of Yeah, you know, he's a leg spinner. Leg spinners go for runs, it's gonna happen. I don't think Matt Parkinson will play a test. I think Leach will play um will play both tests and then um you've got Jofra archer and Stuart broad which is a really exciting opening pair uh and then i guess it comes stokes can be a little bit that both kind of man for all seasons bowler that guy who can be both uh an economical and uh and an aggressive bowler depending on what you need him for and then i guess it's between sam curran and chris wokes uh depending on who they want to go with as that uh sort of swing bowling uh swing bowling all-rounder
0: well, you've also got, don't forget, you've got Saki Mahmood in um, in both squads. Proper quick. Which uh, is, is as you rightly say, proper quick. Um, he'll definitely get a look in because they will rotate the T20 squad. Um, I think, as I say, and I don't think it is in any way. I know, Ian, you, you, you were sort of <laughs> slightly defensive thinking that New Zealand was, you know, considered somehow lesser in some capacity. Absolutely not. But I just, I, I think they might. Look, even between two tests, they may well take the opportunity to rotate because they want to have a look at people. And I've just got a sneaky feeling: Parkinson, perhaps more than Saqib Mahmood, is one they really want to have a look at. And unless he gets smacked out of sight in the in the five T20s or whichever of the T20s he plays, then they might rethink that. But assuming that goes well, which I have no reason to think it won't, I've just got this sneaky feeling in my water, and I'm here to be proved wrong. That he is going to get a look in in one of the tests, because they they you know for England they've got two stated objectives in life. The first is to make absolutely sure that they're fully ready and they know what their their best guns are going to be for the World T20. And the other one is to win the Ashes away from home. So they want to have a look at in really tough competitive conditions against high class opposition how some players are going to do, and they're going to take the opportunity to do that. Parkinson's first. It's interesting.
2: Sorry, I'm Ed, just looking ahead. at the ages of this T20 squad, and this is kind of where New Zealand was uh, when Southie and Williamson and Trent Bolt and Corey Anderson all started making progress with a, with a 21, with a, in, that, in that early 20s age. And in this T20 squad, uh, Tom Banton, Pat Brown, Sam Curran, mm-hmm. uh, Tom Curran, a couple of years older, but uh, uh, Lewis Gregory, uh, no, sorry, not Lewis Gregory, uh, Matt Parkinson and uh, Sakiba Mood, that's a, that's a young group of guys that could, because you've got that group of guys, and they probably play quite a bit of age group stuff together as well, they will form that nucleus of what Williamson and Saudi and, and Bolt are doing now for New Zealand, give them a years, which is, um, I love that. Yeah, I love, and, I love and that there's yeah. succession planning
0: built into that. I, mean, it, 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 I was stuck on a little bit on Parkinson, but the fact is, Adil Rashid was held together by injections through the World Cup. He's going to play well. He's played, I think, he played pretty well. He took two wickets, didn't he, at Lincoln in the first of the warm-up games. But he, he He's missed, he, not going he to play the whole, He missed the whole rest of the season after yeah. the World Cup because his shoulder basically fell off. So, uh, as you say, you have a left-arm orthodox. Who's the next cab off the rank as a leggy, um, knowing that Rashid has, these days, some built-in inherent risks to, to his longevity? And um, I think they know that they're going to have to look for that and they've identified Parkinson as the, as a guy they're going to have some faith in. His back, his numbers absolutely back that up. I think you might see more of him than than, than you think. That's I'd, my, I'd, that's I'd my love to. Really. I'd love
1: to see it. Who doesn't love a wrist spin? His first class numbers are really solid. He takes his wickets in uh, in the in the county championship at twenty five, um, which is which is very very good for any uh, style of the bowler, particularly a leg spinner in England. Um, but he's a. It's also a reward, a reward for excellent performances in the Blast, and you know no one kind of personifies that more than Pat Brown, uh, who is a proper kind of new generation T20 2.0 bowler. So many, uh, all of these skills he's got. A brilliant back of the hand slower ball. Uh, that fantastic off cutter, and can bowl at good pace when he, uh, when he wants to. Um, it's a bit more of a. It's a bit more of a sort of T20. Specialist pick. I mean, you look at the. He doesn't
0: want to be. Interestingly enough, he's gone on record as saying that's not what he wants to be. Although, he, you know, last year's finals, not this year's. He pretty much shepherded Worcestershire home, didn't he, to win that. So, so he, I mean, was, he, he was very good in the semi-final he was this year. Absolutely fantastic. He would have had three wickets at Lincoln if England hadn't been rusty and somewhat butterfingered. So he got one as it was in the in the end, uh snaring the leopard. But um, he would have had three more. Because I think out of four catches dropped, three of them were off him. Ouch! Yeah. So already on tour, you know, we could have been talking about him going. He's almost, you know, he, 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 you know, if you if you play your first warm-up game in your in your first England match and you and you take yourself four wickets for not many runs, you're going to be going, oh, he must be a shoe in, mustn't he? And that was a pretty decent. I'd, I'd like to hear what Ian thinks about that uh, the, the the side that they put out in at, at Lincoln, but it looked like a pretty decent side to me. As in the New Zealand eleven, they were up yeah, against? yeah, the New Zealand eleven that they were up against.
1: Yeah, so a few guys like Anton Devchich and uh, well, Colin Monroe and Tim Seifer opened the opened the batting, both guys who were going to be playing in the in the T20 squad. So this is you know this is not what you sometimes get on tour games where it's a uh, uh, a bunch of guys at the start and at the end of their uh, at the end of their career. Um, but uh, just on 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 Colin Monroe, he and Martin Guptill didn't have a particularly good time of it in in Sri Lanka, but you know in it's a massive strength of New Zealand in the T20 squad with with those two at the top of the order
2: now yeah, they didn't have a good time of it uh during the world cup either and i know there's a there's an element of it's it's a different format but there's still an element of mm. uh, go hard first five in uh, in in ODI cricket pretty much now um so so they have uh, a little bit less in the trust bank in terms of when does the the dam break and, and they and someone misses out. I don't think it'll be gut um I, I during the okay during the World Cup I wanted Monroe to uh, to not open. I, I I'd had him having a couple of games off and, and trying uh, Latham at the top or uh, there was a couple of other options I had uh, during the World oh, Cup. But well, they yeah, end, they George, ended up moving Henry okay. Nichols up to open. Yeah, and it was. It didn't work, and that that was completely the wrong thing. And I was, hmm. but oh, anyway, but they didn't have a good time of it in Sri Lanka either. Which is there, there is cause for concern, and so that's um that's a wee while without a good start uh, at the top of an innings, Um which is then that's why New Zealand are doing okay in cricket because the bowlers are kind of pulling it back. And I don't say that just because I'm a little bit biased as a as a as a former bowler, but it's. New Zealand did hold; they led the world. They led the World Cup in bowling stats for RPO and runs per wicket, yep. and that's why they got to where they got to. Because the batting wasn't good enough. We New Zealand weren't getting starts and weren't finishing particularly well either. Um, but the bowlers held it together. So that—that's that—that's that fun bit uh, where, where where that pressure of this is your job. Um, starts to starts to uh, eat away at your ability uh, to play cricket. Take take uh, Joe Denley during the during the during the Ashes. There was pretty much in the last two tests. Every day could have been career day. Every day <laughs> in those last couple of tests could have been the last day he played for England. Um, through because he wasn't having a good run of it, and so that then doubles down on yourself in terms of your own expectations. Um, and you play even and it's harder to play play as as well as you want to or as well as you can do. Um, so dealing with so Munro and Gupta are dealing with that. They they will know that there's a lot less in their trust bank. Um, and this will be the last series I say that they back together if they don't if they don't succeed.
1: That's a big call with the with the records those who've got Martin Gupta's obviously got um a lot of um you know he's he's won a lot of games for New Zealand over the years. Colin Monroe's got three T twenty international hundreds and has been bashing it around all over the place to great effect all over the world.
2: Uh, look, I agree. I agree. It's hard but but the the record speaks for itself. And and it won't be Gut that misses out because of his uh he has more in the trust bank. Um but if yeah, if they don't work, it could be a change of position for Munro. I'm not saying he'll be out of the team, but it could be a, certainly a change of position and a and then a and then a switch around of roles, uh, which I don't think would be a bad thing. I, I don't think Munro's a bad finisher, so I don't hmm. I don't mind. I think there was a part of me during the world uh, World Cup where I had Tim Southey opening the batting. Sure, sure. As well, New Zealand New Zealand may as well have had Tim Southey opening the batting.
0: Almost the pinch hitter role.
2: Well, just well, it didn't matter get, because get we were one. Right. We Statist won, yeah. very so few.
0: You might as well be eight for one.
1: Mm. Tim Southy Sal- six off mm. two balls.
2: Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter? So I had uh, there was a couple of uh, teams and options that I ran through. That yeah, why not open with Southey? And, and that gets him a game. It gets him into the uh, into the team as well, um, and it g- gives you another bowler because New Zealand were all right through the middle order. Okay, T twenties. Very different to the fifty-over stuff, and we'll probably and the the pitches will be pitches will be decent. They won't be the the deteriorating pitches that they played on during the World Cup or or Sri Lanka pitches. Um, so I think it'll be a uh, an interesting. Uh, I'm watching Munro and Gupta especially. That's the other ones for me that have to have to have to do something special.
1: Well, uh, New Zealand do have power uh, lower down the order. Uh, uh, Colin de Grandhomme and Jimmy Neesham, uh certainly in the T20 squad likely to be in the uh, uh in the test squad as well certainly uh, Colin de Grandhomme was very good in in Sri Lanka and Jimmy Neesham's re- uh a player reborn uh was on the verge of quitting cricket mm. a few years ago uh but uh now back in the T20 team after a, after a little while out and um Nisham has uh has some test numbers uh to his to back him up and uh seems to have evolved as a bowler beyond a sort of a a slower ball merchant. I was at the New Zealand-Afghanistan game and he took his maiden international five and he was brilliant. Uh, Completely summed up the conditions better than than anyone else. And,
2: um, you know, that's... Yep. I was there. He was terrible. (laughs) He bowled crazy fast against the Afghanistan team, but he was terrible. His groupings, his pitch map, his plan, uh, the performance versus plan was nowhere near... But he bowled the speed of light, so cool. He he, he picked up wickets, but I'm not going to say I, I'm not having you. I'm not having you say that he bowled well. It was, <laughs> it was. He just bowled too fast for them, and and that was that was that. That that,
1: that was an I, absolute road at Taunton. That's one of the bounciest pitches I've seen in England probably ever.
2: It was pretty green too. It uh, did a bit. Um, the the I don't. I also have a problem with both uh, De and Nietzsche playing in the same team. Uh, they're mm. exactly the same. Pretty much exactly the same player. Um, Nisham a little bit quicker uh, with the ball, um, and uh, and De Home slightly more powerful with the bat. But for me, they are the same player. It's we New Zealand doesn't have a Ben Stokes, a standout, can't not pick him all rounder. Mm. Um, both De and Nisham are a little bit that I don't want to say they're not world class, but they're not the all-rounder uh, that, are, that, that you, well, it's two players. It's two guys where you'd much prefer that just to be one.
0: Who do you think they might look at, Ian, at bringing in? Oh. In, in? In the terms of the fact that, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure England will rotate and experiment. I mean, there's names that you know, I know have played some international cricket for sure, the likes of Seifert, Mitchell, Tickner. Mm. Are they, are they going to get a look in um, with a view to the fact that you know, if England are an experiment, experiment with a lot of, I get my teeth in experimentation mode. Uh, wouldn't New Zealand be to a certain extent as well?
2: See, I I, I want to see Ish Sodi play more cricket, um, and that's where I would. Uh, you'd have to leave out either De Grandhomme or Munro um, to get Ish into the team. It does slightly um, le- lessen the, the the batting lineup, but I does I do think it adds to the. Uh, the wickets that New Zealand can take, in, especially in T20s, uh, I want to see Sodi play, and that does new, mean New Zealand will go in slightly light on the batting uh, side of it, which is why New Zealand are playing both Nishim and Gronholm because they are they they add a little bit more. I they just
1: it's a bit of an insurance policy.
2: Thank you. That's the that, we're playing New Zealand's playing two guys where. Would be better if it was one, and then there was another specialist. Um, that's what I would much prefer to see. And and look, I'm a little bit out of um, New Zealand uh, batsmen uh, in terms of having seen or um, and uh, having seen or, or, or looked much about it. But there's always see. There's always things like um, Astle. I think he's a pretty good opener in, in, in short format cricket. on Astle. Ah, uh, Todd Astle, not um, no, not Todd Astle. Uh, the oh, hold on, I'm going to have to remember his name now. Uh, Latham, sorry, Tom Latham. Tom Latham. Yeah. Um, Hamish, Rutherford opened,
1: short... Hamish Rutherford opened. Hamish Rutherford opened in Sri Lanka. Flew halfway across the world to face one ball from Lasith Malinga.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's, um, I I I think he's powerful, and, and I think he could be special, but he just hasn't been. Um, uh, so, oh, look, T20 is such a toss of the coin in terms of uh, how a game goes. One guy can win, it, win a T20. That's why Rashid has such a great record in, in terms of wins and losses in, in, in the shorter format. Um, but I, I do think New Zealand just misses that one, yeah, that one standout all-rounder where we're both, yeah, insurance policy. Thank you, Knuckle. That's great uh, word wording um, for, for having to play them both.
1: Yeah, there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of world great all-rounders in most eras, but England are very lucky no. to have to have Ben. So, look, on on uh, Sothe and Santner are both in the top ten for T20 ranked uh, international bowlers. I'd be very surprised, and I think it would be a massive mistake not to play both Santner and sodi
2: Yeah, and then then there's the um, wicket-keeper Tom Blundell as well, who um, against short format cricket uh, at the top of the order uh, can keep. Um so that gives that that was a name I was another name I was looking for as well, Blundell at the top of the order. So there is a, a couple more options. Um but I I mean to, Blundell didn't get a game during the World Cup. Him and Southie ran the drinks for the for the tournament. Um again disappointed in that because some people weren't scoring runs. Um but yeah, there's a few names. Um but there's a lot more known names in the New Zealand team than certainly uh this England team that's going over to New Zealand.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. The the one name conspicuous by his absence is is Kane Williamson, um, who, you know, uh, when England were in, were last in New Zealand, it was a, it was a, the T20 tri-series with England, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, Simon Dool based, uh, called for Kane Williamson to be dropped from the T20 uh, squad during that, uh, during that <laughs> tournament. He then went on and was the leading run scorer in the IPL that year. And,
2: uh, he, he also the the game uh, that Simon Dool uh previewed uh, and said that Kane should be dropped he also was then man of the match in that game and Simon Dool had to award him the man of the match uh, trophy <laughs> and check so it was it was a it was a beautiful moment where they both Uh, where where Kane was sheepish because that's Kane and and played it down and Simon was, Simon Dole was a little bit, you could see there was a level of embarrassment Mm -hmm. and and had to acknowledge uh, the performance and that. Well, Simon Dole may not have been wrong. uh, Kane Williamson just had a very, very good game. Um, I would like to see Kane Williamson play fewer uh, T20s. Uh, I think he's a superb player, but I would love to see Kane Williamson play more 50 over and more Test cricket. I would rather not see him um uh, wasted in terms of uh ball space that you have in your lifetime i would rather see him um, have a little bit more time off uh especially in that in that little brain of his um i think that's a uh, that's a it's a calm exterior but i think we've got the duck uh the duck web Mm -hmm. feet underneath water (laughs) that we don't really see and and i i doubt that he has as good a sleep as some other people i reckon he does um
1: Say, but... Captaining in all formats cannot come without its toll, and it's not just the on-field stuff about who bowls when and do I have short fine leg up or or fine leg back on the boundary. It's all the stuff that goes with it. It's the uh, and then you know the challenges of being uh, that every every country comes with its own challenges. The New Zealand thing is that you suddenly go th- you go through these periods of sort of feast or famine with with New Zealand where suddenly they, they don't play for six months and then suddenly they uh, have a load of series close to each other and just that kind of, almost that constant struggle for ne- for relevance a little bit, which is weird when, and you know, I think New Zealand are quite comfortably the second best test team in the world.
2: Second or third, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah no, I'd go along with that. I mean, it, it, that's probably a decision second, in England. Probably,
2: second equal, but, uh, probably second equal, but yeah, I agree. I think New Zealand got a great record in test matches, home and away uh, now. Um, and that's a that that that's a lot to do with the, the, well bowlers win test matches, but I think they've got a pretty handy uh, group of group of group of fast bowlers. Oh and yeah, as, who attack wise? Who, who, who brings? Satna brings that calm.
0: And Lockie Ferguson now fit and firing, <gasps> got over his uh, the broken thumby or whatever he had. I think he put his thumb wasn't it that he sustained in uh, yeah. Sri Lanka. I mean, yeah. with him backing up the. Bolton southy that's a pretty sharp
2: attack, I reckon. Yeah, and and this is that bit where you, we as a fast bowler, as as a, a bowler that tried to bowl as quick as I could, uh, Lockie Ferguson going up against um, uh, what's his? Oh, jeez, God, why does my brain do this? Um, Banton. In terms of the uh, Chris Jordan, uh, Joffrey Jordan. And- and Joffrey Archer, thank you.
0: Hey. Um,
2: there's a nice little matchup. Again, okay, no, Joffrey's not in the in the T20 team, but there's a there's a matchup there that that I look forward to because they are the guys that have got the billing as the quickest in the teams, um, and I and I love watching those sort of those sort of two th- those matchups. Uh, I think they are um, I think they're good fun, and um, lock, will Lockie get a go through the test? Yeah, probably. So um, hmm. I, I'm looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, there's plenty to like in New Zealand's bowling attack in, in red ball and uh, white ball cricket. Um, England, to try and get a little bit of a march on the conditions, have brought in uh, the latest in a line of spin bowling consultants. I wrote a piece um, last week about the sort of, England's constant refusal to actually hire a proper spin bowling coach, which just baffles me. But uh, as far as consultants go, Jeetan Patel for a tour of New Zealand is pretty good.
2: Yeah, um, look, I uh, Jeetan debuted for Wellington the year before the season before I did, Um, and so we played played majority of my cricket uh, with Jeetan in the squad in the in the twelve. And sadly for for Jeetan, he he spent a a lot too much time as twelfth man. Whether it was domestically or internationally, Um, he would just uh, be twelfth man so often on. Two was away, and two was and and series at home, Um, and and even in domestic cricket, he was so often a twelfth man. So he's a little bit of a a, a bloomer now because of he's getting regular, regular, regular cricket. And cricket, and if he had got that earlier in his career, I think he would have been. um, Well, yeah, I think he would have been such a different player. Um, Him in New Zealand because uh, I think he matches up quite nicely with Leach in terms of um, how they bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of their uh, what they're trying to do, um, so so I I think it's a it's a nice it's, it's a nice match and I, and I and I I like the use of locals in, in that way. Um, look, I, I think Silverwood's got a massive uh, task on his shoulders, um, but I do look forward to the way. Okay, this is slightly off top. I, I'm looking forward to the way he handles uh, Adil Rashid. How that relationship was Just just having a look at past Essex squads and teams. There's a lot more, uh, shall we say, Desi players, um, uh, Asian players that have that have had success, and also internationals that have come in and, and played as overseas roles uh, that Silverwood's been a part of. And so I'm looking forward to seeing because um, we, from the outside looking in, we I think we all see that Adol Rashid has maybe not been treated. The way he would like to be treated, and, and there's some angst and animosity somewhere yeah. in there.
1: You're pushing so an open fine. door with me there, Ian. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, Al-, yeah Al-, Al-, Al rashids a world-class white ball spinner, and I think could have been in in another regime, in another life, maybe could still be a really useful operator in 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 Test cricket. And this is kind of the point I was trying to make with the the non the the short-term consultant thing. There's a when India England were last in India, they had Sacklen Mushtaq. Uh, mm-hmm. as their spin bowling consultant for the first three tests mm-hmm. and adil rashid was taking his wickets at 28 suddenly saqlan leaves uh, adil doesn't have that guy to to bounce his ideas off uh, to and he's uh, he's out there on those on those pitches with india racking up those big scores and having to bowl all of these overs and suddenly he's taking his wickets at 70
2: look I, I also i also think there's that there's that desi link there there's that uh subcontinent link with with the and Adil rashid so there's a there's a crossover of cultures there's a crossover of personalities um and i also think there's a slightly better chance i think well a, a greater chance of there being a, a good mix with silverwood going through the the again going through the, the players that essex have uh produced or have and, uh, and have been around so there's a I say Silverwood would be more aware of um the needs of the requirements to get the best out of um out of a player like that just through experience of being around those uh, those those kind of players because we haven't seen enough British agents in uh in, in English cricket. It's yeah. not even anywhere near the right amount. Jeeton Patel's been uh, a fantastic so Patel. sorry, Ian, go on. Yeah. No. So Jeet Patel again. So uh, a, a different ethnicity, if you like, but but there's still the the desi culture that um, that they will be able to share. That uh, uh, yeah, will hopefully
1: uh, uh, an understanding of those unique challenges and that they that they do exist and that it's not uh, sort of an identical thing of this is this is good bowler X will will treat him like good bowler Y and Z. Um, no. uh, in the and I think that 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 lack of cultural sensitivity has been has been the case. There's a great example of it at the end of the twenty sixteen county season. Rather Rashid had to miss that last <laughs> that last championship game because his grandmother was his grandmother was deathly ill. He was about to go on tour. He didn't know not to to put it in very fine terms, he didn't know if she was going to be alive when he got when he got home. Yorkshire blunderbuss out this statement saying that he's elected to uh, to leave and, you know, Yorkshire I say this as someone who grew up in in Yorkshire, uh, Yorkshire don't have a great history of treating people of uh of South Asian descent with 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 sensitivity but uh you know Silverwood got a lot of success out of Rufi Papara who's another guy who was uh a, a player of British Asian descent who was handled quite badly and misunderstood through the earlier part of his career but has had a a great late blossoming it's also good news for Moeen Ali when he gets back into the uh into the England setup
2: no again and that, and that that's why I'm start, starting to think the Silverwood appointment is um Makes a little bit more sense uh, to me. Uh, I'm not saying it didn't make sense at the time, but it's making more and more sense to me now when I reflect on again the Essex um, mix of cultures mm. and what Silverwood will then bring to the England mix of cultures. Um, so I, I, I'm starting to agree with it more and more. I didn't disagree with it, but I'm starting to uh, find find more reasons. I'd love uh, to have seen that to,
0: PowerPoint presentation. Well, because <laughs> that's supposed to have really impress uh, the powers that be, didn't it?
2: Well, they didn't like Gary
1: Kirsten. Um, <laughs> they didn't like but, Gary Kirsten. The very, Gary Kirsten wanted to. Know, we 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 talked about this at the time when uh, when England appointed uh, Chris. Silver, uh, Tony, I think you were about to you know praise Jethan Patel's you know incredible success well, in Warwickshire. Well,
0: I think I was actually. You're quite right, Knuckle. I mean, he, he comes with the benefit of having helped jack up a. Misfiring Warwickshire side and always able to take wickets, so he knows the English county game
2: well. Yeah, he's he, he, he's very good um, in in New Zealand conditions where where he uses more mm. drift. He used more drift than than spin because it it didn't really spin uh, a lot uh, for him in in New Zealand. So he became very good at using using the overspin and using the uh, I'm not going to say the the speed variations, but using the the angle of seam release. Um, to through air as opposed to uh, off the off the pitch, and again, I think that's a, another asset to to having Jeet uh, Patel Jeets in um, you know with these guys. It, it's not so much about trying to turn it off the straight; it's about the victorious kind of kind of thing where where it, it's through it's the air bit. It's it's mm-hmm. not off the pitch, so he will be able to give a lot um, uh, to to the to, to those England spinners. And and, and and again, he also helps because of just local knowledge because he's been to 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 most of these places and played on most of these grounds. So there is there is that as well. That's
1: why I wish he was around for or someone of that kind of level of experience was around for for longer than just this sort of five t twenty run. It would be great for. I know he's still playing and he's here, but he has expressed an interest in wanting to become wanting to become a coach. And I think it's a um, you know I'm going to bang as many of my pet drums if that's mixing if that's not mixing too many metaphors (laughs) at the same time um, as possible but you know having guys who've got that specialist knowledge actually around working with a team over a long over a long period of time I think can only be can be beneficial and you're absolutely right pointing out the you know the thing that you can control as a spinner is hand to pitch the pitch to batter is not really something that um, is is in your control it completely depends on where you are but if you're solid in your release and you think and you have control over you know, do I want to point this, do I want to put a lot of side spin on this? Do I want to put a lot of overspin on this? Do I want to slightly undercut this? Uh, you know, that thing you mentioned, Daniel Vittori, an absolute master of bowling six deliveries that would pitch in exactly the same place, but would all get there slightly differently.
2: That, and that, and that, that was, and, that, and that's a massive skill. I used to, that was, so for me when I was bowling, that was, that was just body release. <laughs> I wish I could have claimed to have done that, but Vittori was genius like that. And, and... Why yeah why I hold him in such a high esteem and high regard, but uh, yeah, Patel will, will bring this level of exactly like you said Nathan, you know the, the undercut and, and then the, the the amounts of over and top and and round the side and through the middle um, variations that um, uh, that he has and, and that having great success with Warwickshire and I, I I really wish that he had a, had a better run in, in New Zealand because yeah because he, he well as we're seeing now.
1: He is that good. Hmm. Certainly is, and his numbers his numbers don't lie in a in a team that, as you say, Tony has been been struggling for uh, to to get any kind of uh, performances going at, uh, in certainly in Division One of the Championship. At uh, at least, uh, we'll uh, we'll do a little bit more uh, on uh, on the England on the England Test team, and and someone who's you know in in one and not in the other, um, Eng- England. Sort of were the beneficiaries of angry Johnny Besto coming back into form during the World Cup, but um, I think Chris Silverwood might be trying the same thing, uh, and Ed Smith leaving him out of the uh, of the Test squad with uh, Joss Butler taking the gloves.
0: Well, I think yes, I think they by including him in the T Twenty series because he could have been a candidate to be rested, um, but they know they I suspect they know his mentality well. They've said you're going to be a senior player, you're going to be a leader in this T20 side. He's already gone out and, what, made 78 not out to see England home in that first game. Um, and he knows he's got stuff to work on in his game. I mean, you only have to look at the number of times he's bowled in in all forms of cricket to realise that, that there's a technical weakness there. And he's recognised that, and he, he wants to work on it. At the same time, they're giving him the space to do that while keeping him in the family. I, I think that's actually quite sensitive and smart man management from England. And, and taking the gloves off him. Sam Billings will be keeping at the T20s yep. and um you know, concentrate on your batting Johnny. Well, well, quite. I mean, you
1: know Ben Stokes can probably count himself a little bit unlucky to not be uh not be taking the gloves in the in the test in the test team, but I mean, in you know, a straight you 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 were you sort were of, you were around professional dressing rooms for uh for mm. for, for a long time. You know there, are there players who need that little bit of Something to rail against to get... Oh, oh, Seward, rather up We know there are, because Johnny Burstow is one of them. Uh, who are some players you played with who kind of needed that bit of... Needed an enemy a little bit?
2: Okay, so the first one that comes to the top of my mind, it's not a New Zealand player, it's uh, Galton Gambier. Sure, uh, that makes sense. Scored his last, he scored his last Test 100 against us, against New Zealand, against the team that I was in. And every other team since that series against New Zealand that he played against, no one talked to him. They just left him alone. Mm-hmm. Gautam Gambier needed to get into a fight he's very, very get man. the best out of himself.
1: <laughs> a very, and, very angry but, man.
2: But Still he, is. But, but he deliberately did that to get him into his place, to get him into his mood, to get the best out of himself. So he would kind of pick a, pick a fight, if you like, with a bowler um, because that got him going. No other team spoke to him since that test series and he's never... Had another well, i don't think he's had another test test hundred so there are guys that do need to be in a space um there are guys that do need a cuddle and there's guys that need to kick up the backside i played with uh, uh mark gillespie uh for news uh, with wellington again um myself Jeets, mark gillespie all played together at the same uh, same time and and mark gillespie was a guy that was taken out into the corridor quite often. And we could hear the conversation from inside the the changing room. It was that loud that the coach was having a proper pop at him. Um, But I think the coach was doing that because, well, Mark Gillespie kept on going out there and, and ripping up stumps when he'd been, when he'd been barreled. And it was, and I felt bad for him because he was reinforcing the kind of treatment he was going to get from the coach by taking wickets when he was yelled at. It was, you sort of you've got to get out of that circle, but that was what mode, that's what got uh, Mark Gillespie going. So yes, some guys do need to be angry, and some and Bestow, again. Look, kind of some of the 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 words he said during the the, the World Cup and and uh, during the sorry during the Ashes, like not smart, but again, is that a deliberate thing to get him into that uh, shall I say the Ricky Ponting fu uh, mood? Um, That that he needed to have success, the Gambia mind space. Um, So he may need to rally, may need to be the antagonist to get himself motivated, um, to to to, to feel that the whole world's against him. um, So therefore, he fights harder against the whole world. So, and and that's why cricket change rooms are such a mix of of Mm. mental and 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 mental. issues and and personality problems because you're trying to everyone's trying to get the best out of themselves it's a very selfish world um but we've all got to be accommodating to trying to get the best out of everyone else while you're looking after yourself um so it's tough it's tough um but again i i look at i look at um silverwood and i think yeah, not bad. I like it. I quite like it because he's had some tough, some tough Essex uh, changing rooms. He's had some tough times down there yeah, to, uh, to deal with. And when for, he was playing, so,
1: some some Yorkshire dressing rooms with some some bloody big egos in, in that in that in that group. here yeah. yeah.
0: he's at Middlesex as well for a while. Yeah, yeah didn't do a bad job there. Yeah, as so I, I
2: like it. I, I like that. And yeah, stowe t- Look, I don't think taking the gloves off him will do will do him any favours. Actually, I think that Beestow does need that. Uh, blanket of security, mm-hmm. uh, the cuddle of of having the wicket-keeping gloves. I don't think the having the gloves taken off them will make his batting better. Um, but will I'm, it make the I'm England
1: head- will it make the England team better? Because you've got a, you know I was answering the own question. A better wicket-keeper,
0: but well, in terms of folks, or uh, Butler. Well, I think Butler's probably a better wicket-keeper well, than Johnny Bairstow. We'll keep in this series, I think, won't he, Butler? So for for Test matches. Um, you've and he's got, got a point to prove got, as well, I think, Butler. You've
2: got Butler, you've got Butler and Stowe, uh, Sorry, Butler and, and um, uh, Bairstow that kind of – I'm not going to say cancel each other out, but it's that that, that Nishan de Gronholm um, scenario where you're playing two guys where you'd rather play one um, and have another uh, better player if there was. Look, I'm not saying Bairstow is not a good player, not a great player. Oh, no, I'm not going to say he's a great player. He's a very good player. Mm. But you would rather have, in the perfect world, you'd probably rather have Butler as a keeper in a, in the short format, and then play an extra, an extra whatever, as opposed to having them both in the in the same team and having one running about the field. I, I don't think it will do Beastro favours.
0: Well, he knows he's got some competition for that test place because you'll have I, I don't think Sibley Crawley be. and um, Pope. I, I, I don't,
2: think, I don't think that motivates him. Again, I go back to I think what motivates Besto and what we've seen when he has had success is when he's put the whole world against him. Uh, when mm-hmm. he's said something media-wise and, 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 and the whole world is against him and that's when he's had his most success. I don't think um, the competition for place is what gets the most out of him. I think it's when he has the chip on the shoulder. Um, I think that's when he's at his best. So Look, Again, happy to be proved wrong. I don't know Johnny, uh, but that's what I see from the outside. If that makes sense, just try, trying to read personalities and trying to read body languages.
0: There was also an ex-England captain that was particularly needling him, wasn't it? That uh, that really got
1: <laughs> yeah, that really <laughs> that got, got him going. That, that,
0: that's not behaviour. That's probably not public behaviour. We should
1: reward And It's interesting to hear you say that you were a bit um, concerned about sort of about basically incentivising people to shout at Mark Gillespie.
2: Yeah, I hated that. I, I, I felt horrible for Mark, and I and I, 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 I there were there was so look, Mark and I didn't get along particularly well when we were playing uh, in the Wellington team. We were all right, but I think we both annoyed each other. Um, but I, I a few times I said, Mark, look, <laughs> why why don't you go out and and, and bowl ridiculously good without being shouted out? Because you're just going to keep getting shouted at. And like I, I genuinely felt horrible for the guy. Um, because Again, we're you're empathising and you're
1: because you're empathising and wondering what it'd be like to be shouted at.
2: Oh I, oh, I didn't want to be shouted at, and I'm sure no one likes being shouted at. And he used to go out, uh, having been shouted at, in the grumpiest mood, wasn't necessarily the best in the field. But boy, he would bowl fast, and and he would bowl good. So it was that reinforcing. You got out of the the the, the, the happy triangle, and you're in you're in the in the bad triangle where. You make it shouted at you, bowl, go and bowl well, you get celebration, and then you get shouted out of Gill again. So it's a, it's not a good place, and I, yeah, I don't like. Yeah, I wish Mark would have slightly off topic now. I know. I wish Mark had have um, had success a lot more success without having that that needle um, that that point to prove. And I, and I guess I, there's an element of Berto that I kind of see in there, but Berto brings it on. Yeah, I I kind of agree
1: with you. And you you see the intensity in 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 Johnny Berto. You know, where does that or where yeah. does all that energy go? Um, you know, yeah. it's fine if you've got an, so it's fine I, if you've got an outlet for it. But what happens when you don't have that outlet why, for it?
2: That's why I don't think taking the gloves off him is because that takes away his intensity. It takes away i think it will take away from beasto as opposed to add
1: well it's an interesting point and it's one we we look forward to watching watching with interest happy, his his spot in the middle order has been taken be, yeah yeah always um, happy
2: to be wrong yeah. always happy to be wrong about those sort of things and and i and i do hope i am wrong but i but that's how i feel
1: yeah um as I say, it's uh, it is it is something we'll watch with interest. He's a psychologically fascinating sort of character study from the outside. Johnny Bester, his middle order spot. Are you touching him, Tony? Ollie Pope, um, averaging seventy in the in in first class cricket outside of his England his England career looks like a time a guy whose time has come.
0: Well, I think so, and I think the thing with Pope, of course, don't forget he had a was it the shoulder that he did, mm. so he missed most of the season. I think he had five. Um, five innings towards the end of the season. He made the squad of the cricketers team of the season, just on the basis of that, managed to rack up a double hundred and a hundred in the same game against Kent, I think, from from recollection. That was his first game back after five months. Um, he it? he looked the business when he started off against India, although he never really got himself a high score, did he? He made pleasing looking fifteens and sixteens. Yeah, and, 16s.
1: It, yeah, and again, again against a really good Indian uh, Indian attack and, you know, batting in a position that wasn't wasn't yeah. um comment to him is, is the earliest he's ever batted in his in his career you know england have seen how um and i know Roy sherman's got a lot of runs in south africa but england england have seen what happens when you try and get someone to do something that they haven't done very for at a level of, at a higher level it didn't work with jason roy uh ollie pope in the middle order seems a bit more to make a bit more sense and you know joe roots back at four um which should, in theory, you know, you're talking about, we were talking about how to get the best out of Berstow. Joe Root seems to have been trying to be batting at four pretty much since he took over the captaincy.
0: Well, yes, he has. Um, I mean, you're assuming that Sibley is nailed on to open. Sibley burns, burns Denley Root. Yeah, Denley, I think, won't be too sorry to drop down to three uh Sibley again just racks up runs in a in a in a side that if you take Sibley out of Warwickshire then they'd they'd be down with knots <laughs> you know, if if two teams have gone down the he he's just had a phenomenal season he he's not got the fastest of strike rates, but it's not about that he's got stickability at at the crease he's got test quality about him um Interestingly enough, both he and Rory Burns, both from Epsom, so you're going to have mm-hmm. an, an all an all Epsom <laughs> opening partnership yeah, there. And a couple. But you've of, also but don't think you've got Crawley, uh, Zach Crawley coming in. You've got Pope as well. Um, you've got Sibley. When you look at that, then the way they're, you know, you, 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 it's not that easy for Berstow, who we were talking about to to see that way back in. If all of those three do well against an attack like New Zealand, England are going to have an embarrassment of riches now. You know, law of averages says that uh, if you've got three, let's say, big tests there, if two work out, that's a great result. If one works out, that's an OK result. If three works out, that's Nirvana. (laughs) but <laughs> they just might, yeah, you know, I, they just I, might. I, I, Crawley looks like the spare batter in the, in the squad, just mm. on the strength of the
1: numbers, you know, his first-class numbers are nowhere near as good as Dom Sibley's um, in, in the last year, but, you know, it's a couple of accumulators at the top of the order, and uh, Ian, you mentioned Tom Latham earlier. Um, Tom Latham might well be the best test opener in the world, and just based on solidity and, not just, obviously he's very talented as well, but based around solidity and patience and knowing his game.
2: And, and and the blessed thing about Tom Latham is that if Watling's out of form, New Zealand can play another batsman because Tom Latham can keep. Uh, Watling is very rarely out of form, um, so so Latham can mm-hmm. solely focus on one and not need the other. Um, but just going to going to the the point that you were just talking about about um, uh, trying to mismatch, trying to get players into teams, and, the, and then putting them into Different roles and having them batting in different positions. This was one thing that uh, ended my white ball career for New Zealand. Um, but I'll, uh, the, the, the broader um, point is that you have a look at when New Zealand started winning more games, and that was under McCullum and Hesson. Mm. Now, was it McCullum? Was it Hesson? Don't know. Don't care. But what I will, uh, what what it is for me was that they picked guys to play in their position. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily pick the best player that was available, but they picked the best player for that position so they could go out and do their thing. They didn't have to adapt, they didn't have to adjust. They knew the the routines, they knew the, the anxieties, they knew what they were doing because that's why they got picked. And they did have success playing in their position. So I would I, I, I hate now, and because of this because of this H- Hess and McCullum area uh, era, they New Zealand had the freedom to just go out and do what they do as opposed to fudge it and try and do the best they can in in someone else's position. So I would hope that's why I hate Denley getting shoved around during the ashes. I hated it because it's just like you're not giving him the best chance to have the success and you're you're making him disposable. Because he's slightly older. Oh, yeah, um, d- disposable
1: absolutely right. Joe Denley was sort of the ultimate expendable batter, and he seemed to be—he seemed to be the sacrifice for about three other
0: players. But it was—it was also by default. I mean, the Jason Roy experiment, that well-known 70s progressive rock brand, just didn't come off. It didn't come off having him at the top of the order. You needed a solution it up didn't there with Burns work that burns and, much and, better at four. And well, no, and then and, and and Denley was the man. Now you've got for this forthcoming test series you've got a classic red ball you've got specialists <laughs> long term specialist um and so much hope is being placed upon him um that you can afford to let dan denley perhaps play in a more more natural position to him, but I don't think everyone said we need to find a way to get Joe Denley up opening. I think they said crikey we've got a problem as' an opener Joe can you know someone's got to step up. can you do it? Uh, and being a willing soldier he said yes. But I don't think it was any kind of game plan to try and put in there other no. than Roy's failure.
1: No, no, absolutely. Um and New Zealand have found an opening partner, they've often had one opener, but Jeet Rubble has um has had a lot of good scores, uh finally got there uh, um was, was excellent in, in Sri Lanka. You know, I am struggling actually to remember a um a a sort of nailed on a situation where you could nail on, say, these are New Zealand's two test openers.
2: Yeah, uh, John Wright and whoever he was batting with was, was probably going back the, the longest term. See, the, the thing I like about uh, the two New Zealand openers and, uh, and Ravel is that he has played absolutely zero memorable innings, and I love that. <laughs> there is nothing about Jeet G- Ravel G- Revol- that I can remember about his batting. I know where he gets out, but and I know where he does score runs, but there's nothing memorable. And I love that, that he's number one, you know, number one, two pick in the, in the New Zealand team for being not memorable. That's it. That is an, all, that's an amazing uh, thing to do as a cricketer um, to just do your stuff. And I think he, he, I think he's very good. And I think there was an element of um, who was the opener from Lancashire. Um, young, Haseep
1: Amid. Haseep Amid.
2: Thank you very much. Mm. Uh, he, he did his thing. He was found out. But he just did his thing and his short uh his short stint uh, early in his career um he didn't adapt and he was there was nothing memorable but he was quite good and i and I love the the nothing memorable players I think they are um they need to be <laughs> heralded a little bit more
0: well the side, the sad thing there to a certain extent for him is he was just potentially showing some glimmers of form um Towards the end of the season, he made a ton against Middlesex, as I recall, um, but too little, too late, as well as being, I think, having a degree of injury prone. Yeah. But but he was, you know, he was famous for being called Baby Boycott. So his memorability was his, his lack of speed in the way he accumulated well, his runs.
1: It, it, it's the, uh, you know, what do you say about for me or in this case, G3, he's still batting basically yeah. uh you know the yeah. un- the you know an undramatic test opening partnership is pretty you know in in many ways the whole point of being of a test opening partnership is to be able to take all the drama out of out of out of a situation and um in a you know kane williamson has a little bit you know he's a lot more eye-catching because he's because he's such a glorious stroke maker but you know there's never a sense of jeopardy when kane williamson is batting and you mentioned bj Watling you know. A, BJ Watling I love BJ Watling he's a wonderful cricketer Uh, he is a really good wicketkeeper uh, surprisingly good wicketkeeper up to the stumps for someone who um, grew up in South Africa and now plays Mm -hmm. and has now played in New Zealand for a very very long time Uh, and whether it's a case of uh, supporting uh, a more aggressive batsman or coming in in a a crisis situation um, BJ Watling is incredibly valuable to this New Zealand team and one of the very best in his position, in the, in his keeper-batter role in the world.
2: And do you know where I'm going to go again here? A very unmemorable player. Mm-hmm. He's done some very, very, very good things, but a very unmemorable player. He's not... No one would ever write him down. Who's your best test wicket-keeper? Who's your best test wicket-keeper batsman? He's got to be in top two, top three, easily. But you have to think about countries. it. Like, yeah, but you... Yeah, you, he's not a he's not a name that comes to mind, so he's forgettable, but brilliantly forgettable. Like... Uh, in the Jeep Revell sort of scenario, the the old school does his job, hits the ball where it's supposed to go, and catches it when he's got to catch it. And there's a there's a there's a nice thing, um, and I especially love uh, watching unmemorable sixties in sixty you know un- un- unmemorable sixty run uh, partnerships or sixty runs uh, for a batsman in, in a short format game. Mm-hmm. There's there's something beautiful about unmemorable innings because they just did. They hit the ball where it was supposed to go. There's nothing manufactured. There's no. It's just cricket, but they did it uh, cleverly, smartly. Mm. They did it the way they do it. So it's not memorable. And B. J. Watling's a, a very unmemorable cricketer, and that's why I love uh, the, his style of cricket. Just just gets it done with. Just gets it done.
1: We have a recurring theme on on this show with great sort of accumulators. Yeah. Is that if you're not sort of paying. You know, obviously we do ball by ball, so we're paying reasonably close attention. But if you're watching, if you're watching a game, you look up and suddenly, oh, Joe Root's on thirty. He is. He was only in five minutes ago.
0: Yeah, really, that's his, a classic mark of his batting when he's in form. You do suddenly look up and you go, "How did he get to thirty? When did that happen?" Because he's just so mm. smooth, and it's not necessarily yep. spectacular from uh, the yeah, off. It, it,
1: Kane Williamson's another perfect example. Mm. He's got, you know, oh, he's got four boundaries. I, why don't I remember any of them? Oh, that's because they were all middled through uh, fourth slip.
2: They were all down the third man.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I That's like Ian. I like Ian's idea that, that you know that you'd give Kane Williamson a rest from the shortest format of the game and focus Why him on what, what is a, you know captaining an outstanding Why... Test side. And, Why um...
2: is there five T20s, gentlemen? Five... Well, because because well, there's of two, the World there's Cup two, next well, year. There's
1: two World T20 yeah. T20 World Cups before the next 50 over World Cup.
2: Yeah, so... I, don't, I I don't I don't really care. Why is there five <laughs> T20s? I just... It is because just it,
0: because both sides... I, well, I can certainly speak for England. I can't speak for New Zealand. England have the stated objectives of winning the T20 World Cup and beating Australia away from home in the ashes. And so well, how, the, the, how's the, five the five focus has gone eight, off the one-day game and gone on to the shortest format of the game because it's the it's the ne- next big, big shiny thing on the horizon.
2: I, I, I dislike five T20s. Make one, maybe two to, to, to start us to start a series, and then then rack it. There's an element of I think Simon Dawe was the first one I heard say it was rack off uh, international T20s. And I and I, yeah, I don't I wouldn't mind that. Get rid of T20s at the international level. It's a great domestic and uh, dom- domestic product. It does bring people into cricket um and leave it as a leave it as a domestic it doesn't uh, lend
0: itself so i'm with you ian that it does not lend itself so naturally to a series you know if you think back over great t20s i have watched you very rarely put them into the context of a series unless it's a world cup i mean england's yeah, last world I, cup final I, 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 I go I, along with that but Generally, you, you you just don't think of T20s that way. They're kind of the after the Lord Mayor's show. Once you've got the Test cricket all the one day out of the way, or the or the warm up. Okay. Right. But you've just got a different situation here, where countries are switching gear. They're looking ahead to that World Cup, and that's why there is the degree of experimentation that
1: that. That there is mm. and also a desire yeah. to give you know um root and butler and stokes a bit more of a rest and archer yeah, because a bit you more already of a rest. know
0: what they can do yeah
1: yeah and and you know they're all mentally knackered after the after the world cup i've got to uh, be honest i'm riddle,
2: very much riddle, looking forward riddle me this, riddle me this gentlemen <laughs> would you get any more enjoyment out of say watching south africa versus sri lanka t20 or Chennai versus Mumbai T20? Which one is going to get you more interested?
1: There's probably a higher concentration of good players on a, on a CSK Mumbai game. I'm the wrong person so, to ask because so, I'm, 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 I'm constitutionally so, so incapable are, of not enjoying cricket.
2: <laughs> so, so a South Africa-Sri Lanka T20, and I'm just at two teams that I've just picked out mm-hmm. of the year, it doesn't hold any more esteem for me as a cricket viewer enthusiast lover than any other two decently turned out teams. So why are we doing it at international level? Because it,
0: well if you're it okay, okay a, so you're questioning overall T20 yeah. as an international format. And, now and, and that's a, that's a separate the, the, discussion. The, the, if, this is a this is a first, this is a first world
1: pr- this is a first world cricketing problem because for certainly below the full member level uh it's pretty much the only international cricket that a lot of countries who are trying to make their way in cricket get to play uh which is you know that's that's partly because the ICC has restricted one-day international cricket in the World Cup uh because of it I I I think that more context can be given and more uh and probably I think a lot of full member boards have not taken T20 international seriously for a very long time you go back to the first T20 World Cup India almost didn't play in that tournament and basically Mm. had to be threatened with expulsion from from the ICC to take part they win it a year later the IPL starts and the world changes um look I I would like to see teams take it a bit more seriously and I think that would probably lead to viewers taking it more seriously you know I again I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm you know because I'm a massive cricket tragic for, for want of a for want of a better of a better word and I you know there's very little cricket that I won't enjoying its own merits but i i i would quite like to see i quite enjoyed the t20 tri series and I, and there've been quadrangulars and pentangulars and i like that sort of element of it of of it as um
0: to bring in that little bit more of a tournament feel simple answer is you wouldn't be watching five back to back t20s unless there was a world cup looming now your question was a different one i think ian is should there even be oh. the world cup because you don't the international t20 game is it's a nice little additional piece of fun, <laughs> but is it really serious? Which is what kind of what, what, what I thought you were sort of saying. My,
2: so might no, okay. Look, the, 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 the there's a somewhat, uh, pokey stick, um, reaction that I, that with that statement, that international mm. T20 cricket doesn't need to exist. I, I, I still like it, but the, the element is a five T20 series is just ridiculous. So why are we even doing it? Why, are, why are we giving such credence to, to a game where I can get as much enjoyment that doesn't have to be an international?
1: You could shorten it to three. I mean, you know, the answer, it, it's the same answer to the, to the question that we started with. Why isn't it part of the world's chess championship? Because, you know, <laughs> cricket doesn't make sense on a structural level. We all, we all know this. Uh, and and on that gloomy note, we are wishing to end the podcast on railing against the structures of world cricket. But uh, no, no, there's a lot of that. We've,
2: we've got to talk about Joffrey. Look, I, I, I am uh-huh. looking forward to Joffrey Archer in New Zealand. Okay? I'm looking forward to seeing him on uh, on New Zealand surfaces, New Zealand tracks. I am genuinely excited about watching him. And he is a guy that I now do go out of my way to try and view if, uh, if England are playing or, or, the, or there's a game on TV that I can not see. He is entertainment. He is box office. But he's box office through his personality and he's box office because he can bowl super fast. So I'm, just as a parting note, because I wanted to bring the tempo back up, I'm looking forward to him. He's him box office, especially...
0: isn't he? He was box office in the Ashes and I think he's going to be box office in New Zealand. I had one question for you, actually, if you don't mind. The choice of venues... Um, the two <laughs> tests, one of them being uh, at a game that's never staged a test you match before. On the <laughs> day, Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, once uh the, uh, oh, I'll say it wrong in, but it, the, I can say Bay Oval, Mount Manganui yeah. and then the uh, other one. Maunui. Yeah, and Hamilton. the and the other ones at in Hamilton. Well, Hamilton has staged uh, yeah. test cricket, but uh, the Bay Oval hadn't uh, until now. It's its, its first there. ever test
2: match. Pretty flat. It's pretty flat. I played a couple of games there late in my uh, domestic career. Uh, it's flat. It's uh, it's a little bit like University Oval in terms of that boutiquey um, niche kind of cricket ground that New Zealand does very well. A lot of grass um, banks. We're talking. Yes. Not not quite as as. Um, it's grass banked, as say University Oval, or, or indeed the Basin, but that's a different kettle of fish. But it's um it's a it's a very pretty ground. Um, the facilities, I hope, have improved. <laughs> it was it was a little bit um it was a little bit back uh, back country, um uh, venue uh, when we when I played there. Um, but yeah, beautiful ground. It'll be a I would I would suggest that will be a, a reasonably uh, high scoring, entertaining game of cricket. Um, and it's a, it's a cool place to go to, Mount Monganui right on the, um, on the east the coast.
0: Bay of Islands, isn't it? Somewhere up that yeah, sort of area. It's
2: going so It'll be beautiful. Like there. In that Taolonga city, Mount Monganui, it is, a, it is a beautiful. So the people that are going out are going to absolutely enjoy uh, being, uh, being there for that test, A, a the ground, and B, what, um, what else it, it offers uh, for, a, for a tourist. So great venue. It's one of those things that New Zealand does, does pretty well. Mm. Yeah,
1: it's a, it's a fabulous aerial shot. Uh, of over the ground where it has the where you got the you got the cricket ground and then you've got the bay and you've got the mountain in the background. It's absolutely you know it's one of those places. It's one of those you, t- you see that photograph and you want to dive immediately into the middle of it uh, and just and just transport yourself there. And Hamilton, what can we expect uh, from uh, from Hamilton for the second test? Uh,
2: typically, a bouncier. It's probably uh, most regularly would be the quicker wicket in in New Zealand. Um, uh, certainly for for red ball cricket um swingy kind of conditions in terms of if you believe in the the humidity swing um thing and I certainly there is an element of for me science and and logic etc there's a crossover but I it does swing there it is a slightly I'm not going to say tropical but it has that humidity that um, that you kind of associate with a, with a tropical kind of climate uh beautiful ground again massive great big huge grassy embankments and and an, another not a great city to, to to be in for a test match, but a beautiful <laughs> ground uh, and, and good facilities. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, good size. It's not big. It's not small. It's just kind of fair uh, in terms of boundary sizes. It's a um, yeah. I, I quite like playing at Hamilton. That was um, that was all right.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, there aren't many ugly grounds in New Zealand. Unfortunately, I've been to both of them: uh, Eden Park and the Cake Tin. Uh, the only two new grounds in New Zealand I've been in, but that's. Uh, that's uh, uh just my bad luck uh but uh yeah thank you very much to uh uh to ian and to, and to tony well we will wrap it up there yeah um uh, just sorry seconding you're excited about about joffrey archer is you know you want to watch every single ball of that guy's uh career and uh, absolute superstar in the making uh yeah that wraps up another week uh for the guerrilla cricket uh podcast we really do look forward to this uh 5t20 international and in two tests uh tour uh yeah thank you to tony bishop for joining me in the studio and thank you very much to ian o'brien for taking the time
2: i'm gonna eat my fried chicken now if that's all right <laughs> fantastic <laughs> enjoy we'll let,
1: we'll let you get to that battered goodness i'm assuming uh, you're
0: not putting a bucket on
1: your head while you're doing it <laughs> <laughs> uh, you and uh, thank you to producer john uh, as well uh you can get this podcast before anyone else at patreon.com forward slash gorilla cricket uh, but if you uh, do want to uh, deny yourself uh, such early pleasure and uh, wait, you can get it on iTunes, ACAR, Spotify and Podbean. Please, if you are listening on iTunes, please do leave us a rating and a review and please do uh, share the podcast we'll try and get another podcast out this week and guerrillashire uh will be uh back which tony uh, over there be. is hosting talking about among other things the fallout from the hundred select committee uh so plenty on this week and of course our coverage of the first t20 international starts at 1 a.m or twelve fifty uh, a.m uk time on uh, Friday, the first of November. Please do join us all then. Uh, but until then, from everyone here at Gorilla Cricket, I, it's goodbye.
2: Sorry, can I just? Can I just? Oh, sorry, guys. Now go ahead. I just wanted to drop in a, just a little bit at the end, just just because I was at a I was at a lovely music uh, live music event last night, and there and there's something about about those sort of things um, and sharing and reflecting that, and there's a lot of people in, that are involved in cricket and listen to cricket and, and certainly uh, in, enjoy cricket. Talk to people. Keep, keep healthy stay healthy guys we will thank you
1: as a former host of a, the former iteration of this show used to say be thoroughly lovely to each other goodbye
2: Podcast Network.